Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist. We are a mother and daughter team of Shannon and Brooke, wanting to educate, entertain, and enlighten you to mental health issues. Yes. Yes. And here is our disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> we can't even... I know, I know. We tried. We tried to just go through <laughs> Somebody this. Somebody who's listening to this episode <laughs> is their very first time ever listening to us. They're going to be like, what in the <laughs> hell? That wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting there, we're getting you know, we're with us. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting there. So here's the disclaimer. Um, this is not a therapy session. I am not your therapist. Thank God. <laughs> so, this isn't going well, is it? No. This is going to be a long Just episode now. Okay. So anyway, if anything we talk about ever brings up issues, triggers anything, we encourage you to seek help get some counseling and treatment from a therapist, Brooke. Yeah, a certified one, please. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So <laughs> Not a podcast. there are many resources available for people to get help. And we have one that we'd like to share with you. This podcast is being sponsored by BetterHelp. Like we have mentioned in each of our podcasts, if anything we talk about triggers or brings up any issues, don't hesitate to seek counseling. Everyone has struggles, and therapy does not need to be scary. Everyone deserves to be happy, and you don't need to worry about finding a therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to Ultimate Pocket Therapist listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash therapist. That's betterhelp.com slash therapist. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. All right. You toxic individual, you. Are you talking to me? Yeah, this episode's about you, isn't it? <laughs> like I said, this isn't going well. I'm just going to go home. Thanks, B. You're yeah. welcome. Okay. So what are we doing today, Mommy? Well, apparently we're attacking the mother. But So what we were talking, going to talk about today is toxic people. So we ended... The last episode talking about maternal narcissism and in some cases where we just may have to weed people out of our lives and not have them in Mm -hmm. our lives at all. And so it got us talking about um, just overall being able to weed toxic people out of our lives. Yeah. And that doesn't mean just mothers, Brooke. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Honestly, I've tried <laughs> to weed me out. Yeah, you just find me. <laughs> I'm like a damn straight cat. Yeah, I just you come do. back. I fed you once, and now you just shuffle my door. Just keep coming back. <laughs> Call me. There she is again on the porch. We need to record a podcast. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> 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 okay. 
okay. I'll just remember all this. <laughs> I'm not getting a Christmas present this year. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Fine. So anyway, looking at toxic people and also just safe people, mm-hmm. we got thinking about how important it is in our lives to not allow toxic individuals and toxic people to continue to be part of it. Yeah. How unhealthy it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to weed them out. And sometimes we look in, at a history with people and we think we're kind of obligated to continue a friendship when it really doesn't serve us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And also, it just because you're near somebody every day, a coworker, for example, does not mean you have to share things with them or be their friend. You right. need to be cordial and respectful. Just right. be a good Dignity human. Dignity and respect. Yep. Yep. But yeah, mm-hmm. you do not, if you know that person's not safe, you don't have to give them your soul. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So we have some examples of um, kind of toxic relationships that we we look at and realize they aren't working for us. Mm-hmm. And one that Paul wanted us to share when we were talking about this podcast is an old friend of his he had from high school. Mm-hmm. And this was someone that actually was a mutual friend of both Paul and I before Paul and I met. Okay. Okay. So we have a long history, given the fact that we've been married 43 years. Okay. Oh, come on. I'm still walking. Well, that's neat. Yeah. Well, it's actually better than me. I don't, I can't (laughs) can't walk. walk. (laughs) (laughs) But over time, this person just became extremely toxic. And some of the first signs that we saw, and, and we joked about it in the beginning, was he was always inviting Paul to do things, hunting, fishing, floating the Snake River, but he never drove, okay? He never paid for anything, and it even got to be a joke because on several occasions, this person got where they were going, and you know, he could not find his wallet, Oh, shit. No kidding. I mean, could not. And he did the old look for it everywhere, the theatrics of it. And it's sitting on his nightstand where he clearly left it. No, no, this is even better. (laughs) By the time they got home and everything was paid for, the trip had happened, he had magically found his wallet somewhere. On him. On him. It had been on him the whole time. Yeah. And so that just became the joke. So Paul knew over time that wherever, whenever he went anywhere with this person, it was just an automatic, Paul was going to drive, Paul was going to supply all the food, all the beverages, and he was not going to pay for a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He would even ask him to bring out treats for his kid if he'd taken his boy with him Mm -hmm. when he went in the convenience store to pay for the gas. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But but what really happened to to bring up the toxic part is that as time went on, we don't know if it was a jealousy thing or what was going on, but this particular person just got really mean. Mm. And I remember he was down at our house at a party and we had a lot of people over here. It was an outdoor party. We had a fire pit going. 
and we just had this big group of people. And a lot of the people down at this party were our friends through the horse world, Mm -hmm. okay, which this particular friend we're talking about was not involved with the horses. And unbeknownst to us, he was outside at the fire pit being really rude um, to the guys sitting out there. All the guys were kind of drinking beer, sitting around the fire pit, you know, whatever. And he was out there being really kind of mean. He was like um, making fun of where they hunted, making fun of the kind of rifles they had or what they were doing, making fun of, oh yeah, you know, you and all the horses and all this stuff. We had several people come in that night and say, what is up with this guy? Hmm. And we just at that point realized he was not allowed to come down and, and be part of our social yeah. group anymore. He clearly could not handle it anymore. No. And then as it went on, he just finally ended up severing ties just because of just being mean. Mm-hmm. But the interesting part of this is in hindsight, we always wondered why and what kept you tied into him as a friend for so long. Yeah. And you know what it was? Loyalty. Hi- loyalty and history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had been friends since high school. Yeah. So you just tolerated these behaviors and this toxic behavior. And I think that has a lot to do with how hard it is to weed out toxic people in your life because you have known them for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, they probably weren't toxic. Yeah. Yeah, or you didn't recognize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that reminds... I have another story. <laughs> <laughs> I always have stories. But I just recently um, had a client come in, and we have actually been working on how to kind of back off of a friend she's had for 37 years. Oh, wow. And this friend is like, just become like possessive. And she calls her every day. She won't return text messages unless she reads them to my client to see if she said the right thing or how it sounds. I mean, she's just become like demanding. And that's new? This is like a no. New- it's just been it's been gradually getting worse. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and they've been friends for thirty seven years, starting way back when their kids were young. They they bonded at work, and they have this history. And she's just realizing that she's exhausting. Like she cannot do it anymore, and she's also started to get a little bit paranoid, and um, is you know sharing this paranoia with my clients, just going, there's no one in your house. Oh, so the friend Mm -hmm. is also on top of this getting parent. Yeah. So she's like having a mental break almost. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what brought it up last week is my client was actually drinking ice water and had a cup with a lid on it. And when she went to take a drink, the ice came down on the lid and the friend on the line started screaming at her and saying, what is that terrible noise? I can't talk to you. You're hurting my ears. And, you know, I may not be a professional in this, but, you know, I'm just kind of going batshit crazy. Okay, that I might call it just batshit crazy. Yeah, I think yeah. that one's valid. Yeah, and so we've been talking about how to kind of like, you know, maybe 
have nothing to do with her anymore. Yeah. As hard as that is, and as long as they've been friends, it's not working. Yeah. You know, this lady is not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you're around, if somebody that you are choosing to have in your life isn't making you feel good, right? don't do it. Yeah. Like, you don't have to. Yeah. And, you know, that goes back to there are a lot of good people and a lot of good friends, Mm -hmm. and they're worth having and worth keeping. But when people are, like, not providing you anything, they're not meeting your needs, they're not adding to your happiness, they're Mm -hmm. taking away from it, that's when we have to kind of, like, reevaluate. Yeah. You know, do we really want these people in our lives? And it can be family. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be friends. Yeah. One of my favorite that you have said is look at this person, even if it's family, and mm-hmm. think, is this somebody I would want to be friends with? Right. And if the answer is no, then don't have them around you. Right. We are not obligated just because they might be a sibling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We don't have to. Or just because you've known them since pre-K right. does not mean you Th- we are have obligated. to be friends. Yeah. 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 It's okay to grow apart mm-hmm. and grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I look at that all the time with clients that come in that either, you know, toxic relationships, toxic friends, whatever. And it's like, you don't have to be in these mm-hmm. relationships. You know, you can say no. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings up another thing. Okay. Which is like finding safe people and, and, making boundaries without making excuses yeah these people don't have to know everything they don't have to be in your life and you don't have to explain why yeah yeah i actually um just this week in fact like two days ago um i had a co-worker who i am really good friends with she okay. is not toxic okay <laughs> but she's in my current job as a co-worker and i mean by co-worker we have probably 80 co-workers okay but I just happened before COVID and before we got sent home, I was near her in the cubicle situation. And so I got really close with her. And in fact, we we were planning a vacation together. We've hung out plenty of times. So mm-hmm. she's awesome. But um, she, we were talking on the phone and just out of the blue, she mentions uh, one of our other coworkers who had just started. Okay. And she goes... I'll just, yeah. So she's like, oh, hey, do you know Karen? Karen. Karen, Karen. Karen. Uh-huh. You know, and I was like, well, yeah, I do. I said, I used to work with her in my previous, previous position. And I said, yeah, I noticed that she had come into our our area. I noticed on, on emails that she, her name was up there. And I had noticed that. She goes, oh, she goes, well, something really weird happened. And she goes, I don't know what we were talking about, but you got brought up by Karen. And before I could say anything, Karen was telling me about how mean and horrible you were and how you, all you do is cause problems. And stir <laughs> how you up were mean? Me. I am mean. I stir up problems. I stir up drama and everything. Well, look and at you being I know. I, I, I've just... I'm just goodness. I raised goals. you better than that. Brooke. Life goals. Life goals. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, yeah. 
when I want to be a bitch, I want to be a bitch. Apparently. <laughs> and word got around. Word got around. And this Karen needed to tell more people about it. Oh, my but word. what was really funny is my coworker's sitting there listening. And when she finishes, she goes, so you do know I know her. Like, we used to work together. We, va- we vacationed together. We're friends. I've never once seen Brooke do anything mean or malicious and we worked together in the office where i would have seen her interact with other people (laughs) by the way she's my friend (laughs) yeah she's my friend and it was like oh my gosh and so i was laughing and i was like well because i'm so toxic and such a horrible person right Mm -hmm. um let me tell you how karen was in our old position you know and karen was awful she was the one with like we have 30 women and we all worked in the office together. Oh, there that right there is a problem. Oh, it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. need you need a just seriously yeah. you need a good three men for one woman I in know. an office yeah. situation. It's yeah. just better. 30 that way. women together spells disaster. Yeah. But this Karen was a ringleader of drama. Uh. She would trap you in her cube or you'd walk past and she'd start talking and trying to get you into drama and all this stuff and then later complain about how you were in her cube all day and she couldn't get anything done. Even though she was one keeping you there. Right. And I caught on because I seem to have um, a knowledge base from my mother <laughs> about people <laughs> and toxic people that right. when she started, I caught on really quick to her being a very snaky person. Uh-huh. And so just from day one, I was always very cordial to her, but she would try to gossip and I just like, nope. Not, right. not, I'm, I need to do my job. I'm not talking about Well, that. that's why she didn't like you. She didn't because uh-huh. I would just shut her down. And I was always, right. hey, how are you? How's, mm-hmm. you know, how's your son? Blah, blah, blah. And then any drama was like, mm, no. Yep. And I would seriously, nope, nope. Uh-huh. And I would just keep her at that arm's length. Yep. But it's just like. Definitely not a safe person. Not a safe person. Yep. And that's okay. Because I had a lot of other coworkers that knew this Karen stirred up problems and knew she was right an issue but didn't want to be impolite and so we they would go to lunch with her and they would tell her all this stuff and then be surprised that it was spread all over the place or turned around right and that's that goes back to that point of just because you guys might literally work three feet away from each other Mm -hmm. that does not mean you have to be friends Friends. or you need to be friends right you can just be a nice human to Mm -hmm. each other don't give a toxic person or an unsafe person any ammo to hurt right. you with. Because yeah. they're going to. Right. Because definitely, just like you said, they are not safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what this this coworker who mm-hmm. the Karen was talking to, she's like, the moment she said that, she goes, had I maybe not even known you that well, I would have instantly been like, nope, snake in the grass. Yep. Because yep. there was no reason you got brought in that conversation other than to talk shit on Brooke on Brooke uh-huh. and, you know yeah so yeah yeah but you don't yeah that's a good example yeah you because don't it's to be out there them. it is yeah. and I think it's especially in office situations oh I know it we've talked about that mm-hmm. in previous podcasts that yeah yes women in office situations yeah, <laughs> yeah don't go well but I've had I have had really good friends in the past for long periods of time and did not realize like there was a part of them that could not be trusted or wasn't safe Mm -hmm. and you know that is kind of at the end you're a little bit 
surprised by, although when you always look back on it, there was a few warning signs. A few red flags were there. A few red flags, but not many. And one is you were little. I don't know if you remember this. You only remember it because the uh, tailgate. tailgate. I do remember the tailgate. The tailgate Mm -hmm. um, came off the truck. By by Paul helping it along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. But this story is about a friend I had for a really long time. She was the same age as me. And we both began barrel racing at about the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we were both new to it. And during that period of time, I started an organization in Northern Utah, MBHA, a chapter of it. It was, you know, national barrel racing. It was around all over. But I started the chapter in in Utah again. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there was just um, a handful of us that worked together to get this organization going. And so she became the director, I was the treasurer, and we worked to get this going. Well, we had very little funding, and so Paul had really called a lot of his um, buddies that own companies and stuff to get sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And we had collected quite a bit of money to get this organization up and going for arena rentals, timer rentals, you know, everything that we had to do. Well, her job was to sanction races. So I literally gave her the checkbook so that she could um, write checks to the national stuff to sanction races. Anyway, I won't get into that. But um, she would never give me back the checkbook. And I'm the one that was the treasurer that was trying to write all the checks out, do everything, and I never got the checkbook, never got the checkbook, never got the checkbook. And finally, when I got it, it was all whited out, scratched out, all this stuff, and come to find out she had been using the money to pay her husband's snowmobile payments, to go get gas, to get groceries. It was gone. Like all the money was gone. Every bit of money we had in there was gone. And then we went, Paul and I went to the bank. This is way before computers and stuff. So we went to the bank. The bank copied off all of the checks that had been returned. That's how we could see what she'd been writing them to. Okay. And so we got back home. Dad was furious and he was going to drive out to their home and confront he was mad and you were little and i was actually in the tub you were in the bathtub i remember this dad unhooks the horse trailer which was a gooseneck okay Mm -hmm. but he forgot to put the tailgate down (laughs) and he slams on the gas i mean just slams it on and we hear this huge huge bang okay and you go mom what was that and i said um Dad just did something really bad. <laughs> and we walked outside, and our tailgate is sitting in the road. In a complete in a v. v shape. Yeah, rocking. Right where he was. <laughs> so that added insult to injury. But anyway, he went out and confronted him, and we never did get much of the money back. That's it was bullshit. It was just gone. But that ended that friendship in a hurry. I bet. I bet. Yeah. But the interesting thing was that there had been a few warning signs. She had helped me do a, a clinic before this, and some money had disappeared. And I had heard 
even from a family member, had warned me that she shouldn't be involved with the money. Okay. But as a friend, I didn't have much, like, issues with money, mm-hmm. you know, at all. So it had never come up and still, until we started getting large amounts of money that she just really honestly could not be trusted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, these are the kind of toxic people that sometimes are really hard to identify because they have parts of their personality that are toxic and not trustworthy mm-hmm. and the rest seems to be okay. But Weeding these kind of people out is huge because she had actually tried to continue to be my friend after that. And I just had to actually say, nope, I have no reason to continue our friendship. I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. Because she thought she could smooth it all over and I would still be your friend. And it was like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. That no, one's that one's not going to work so well. not quite what's going to happen right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a story from the past. Mm-hmm. You were just little. Yeah. I know. I totally remember the tailgate. Just rocking in the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put it down at the farm as a souvenir. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so we could tell the story. Anyway. But what else about toxic people, Brooke? Well, I mean, along with toxic people or toxic family or... um. I don't know. I know like I've always had a problem um, with not always have had a problem, but I've had a few friends throughout the years. Weird. I know. Yeah. Friends. You had a friend. I was so mean. I'm so mean and I cause problems. Well, I'm surprised you have friends. I know. Okay. So please tell me this story because (laughs) this is news to me. (laughs) But I'm sure a lot of people have this problem too, but having to be the one to always reach out and to always plan. And have those friends that you're like, we have a great fun and it's grand all time, but I'm always the one that calls. I'm always the one that reaches out. I'm always the one that's like, let's go to dinner. You know, back when it was horses, let's, let's go on a ride. Let's go do this. And it, it's one of those that after a while you kind of catch on that. Like if I didn't reach out, Uh the phone wouldn't ring. Right. And I kind of got to a point with a lot of them where I stopped calling. Right. Just to kind of see. Mm-hmm. And it never it happened. Never happened. I've never heard from them again. Yeah. And nothing bad happened, but it was just like it didn't make me feel good. Right. To be the the entertainment sor- committee. Yeah. Entertainment, yeah. the source of all the fun. Right. And be the one to plan everything. Yeah. Even though, yeah, like I said, nothing mm-hmm. bad happened. They weren't mean or toxic or anything yeah like i would they just made no effort to keep the friendship going yeah Mm -hmm. yep and and i had even had said it a few times with them of like you know like hey why why don't you plan the next one like yeah here you let me know let's go out and i think that's honestly kind of how it ended was me being like this was great this was fun call me when you want to do something else and let me know what we're doing right uh-huh. And then it was just kind of a sit back and see, and sure enough. Yeah. And it was okay because it didn't make me feel good. Right. And that's... Because you were the only one putting any effort into it. Yeah, it was a one-sided right. friendship, yeah. and that doesn't feel good. No. So... That actually reminds me of a story that happened with a friend when I had an office in another town, mm-hmm. and I would go to the satellite office a couple of times a week, and I had a pretty consistent schedule. I would go Monday and Tuesdays, okay? And usually I would take a lunch break, so I would often call and 
say, hey, let's go to lunch today. I'm in town. Let's go to lunch today. Well, over a period of time, I realized that they never called me back ever. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of quit calling. And it was interesting. We just stopped getting together. And one day I actually ran into her and her husband at a store and we go and she goes, oh, I haven't heard from you forever. And all I said was, really? Funny thing. Phones work both ways. And do you know, I never heard from her again. That was what ended it. Oh me my just gosh. saying phones work both ways. Yeah. Call me. Yeah. And, you know, I think along that line, too, of talks with people or things not making you feel good. Also, and you don't have to get into anything too deep with this but it kind of goes along the lines of just uncomfortable places and mm-hmm. it's okay to remove yourself from being in uncomfortable uncomfortable environments right too. yeah and like and honestly for for me i don't feel great going into a mormon church okay it, it doesn't you, you get that from your I, father <laughs> i do and I, I don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling right i think because i've had so many bad experiences with just yeah. And not to get into all of it, but yeah. And so like, I'll go if my kids need me to, or like if, if there's something, a funeral or whatever, but I've just noticed that that doesn't make me feel good. It feels uncomfortable yeah. in that environment. And mm-hmm. so well, it's okay not to go. Paul talks about that same thing, but it makes him claustrophobic. Oh, really? He does not like being in large crowds. And he goes into a church and he gets anxiety Mm -hmm. because there are so many people in there. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't matter if it's a funeral, a wedding, a church service. He just really cannot handle it. And so because of that, he's just declined to go to a lot of things because, again, it's not working for him. Mm -hmm. It's not a safe environment. Yeah. A safe place. It's triggering Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's okay to... He avoids it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have that boundary and say no. Right. Yeah. Same as you would with a person. Mm -hmm. Just no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, he's the first to to, um, avoid toxic... um, people, siblings, family members, you know, Mm -hmm. if, you know, he's got a couple of family members that he just does not get along with and does not like, and he doesn't have to. Yeah. And he has very little contact with them. He's fine. He's not obligated to have Mm -hmm. a relationship with them just because they're siblings and family. He just said no. Yeah. And I think that's really wise. Yeah. I think it's very safe. We have to do that for ourselves because nobody else will. Right. Yep. Yeah. So... So I think that is the takeaway here (laughs) of all of this uh, rambling we've done. All our storytelling. All the stories. But yeah, you are in charge of you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to take care of yourself and weed out toxic people People. or places. Right. No one's going to do it for you. Exactly. And you are not obligated for anyone else. And it's okay to say no. It is. I'm not willing to participate in this activity Mm -hmm. called friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Okay. Well, I think that kind of wraps it wraps it up on this kind of random, <laughs> random but really good yeah. episode, I think. Yeah. So. so again, if you guys have any comments or stories, this might um, bring up some good stories. Yeah. Well, it does for me. I know. <laughs> well, I and always I, have I, a story, but I hope it does because yeah. I think I think a lot of people 
I say this all the time, but I think a lot of people can relate to this. Uh huh. So, yeah. all right, okay. well, reach out if you guys got anything for us. And until then, we'll catch you next time.